Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska, and this is today's Bible class. Today's Bible class is designed especially for our podcast listeners. It is focused on helping us to get into God's Word for about 12 minutes each day and to focus on our spiritual lives and our relationship with God. And in so doing, to help us to have a better perspective on the day, a better mindset to take on whatever this day will throw at us. We encourage you to share these short studies with everybody you can. Friends, family members, work associates, neighbors, anybody and everybody. Because they need a better focus on the day themselves. You can help them have a more positive mindset. You can help them to start to think about their souls and their relationship with God. And now think about this. You may even help them start their walk toward heaven. That's incredible, isn't it? You have that opportunity. So share. You can do that through Facebook friends. You can do that through text messages. You can do that perhaps through some other technological means that you have access to. Share with anybody and everybody. We're going to continue our thoughts and our study on very serious sin that I think is so debilitating, so handicapping, overwhelming almost from a, an emotional perspective. We've been talking about sexual sin, sexual immorality. It's all around us. Our culture has been engulfed by it literally. But it's not just here in our country. It's basically all around the world. We've been talking about that case that we have laid out for us in the scriptures in Second Samuel chapters 11 and 12, David and Bathsheba. And so David was confronted by a temptation that the devil put before him. Now, David was innocent until the point that he was until the point not just that he was confronted by this temptation, but that he began to give in to it. He was walking on the rooftop of his home one evening. He looked across the way and saw Bathsheba, a beautiful woman, bathing out in the open, probably on her rooftop. And that was not a sin, just noticing there she is. But then he did not turn his head. He kept looking and then thinking and things started formulating in his mind and ultimately lust started developing within his heart. And then he inquired about her, found out that she was actually the wife of a soldier in his army, and his army was on the battlefield at that very time. And so he sent for her, and then he committed adultery with her. Some days later, she sent a note to King David and said she was expectant with his child. David then was confronted with trying to cover up his sin. So he sent for her husband, not letting him know what had happened, but intending that her husband, while he was there on this call from the king, that he would spend the night with his wife and the child who would later be born, he would assume was his own. But that man was a man of principle. And so he did not go into his home and enjoy those comforts. He did not go in and enjoy the relationship of his wife. He felt like that was not proper for him while his fellow soldiers were still fighting in the battlefield against a foreign enemy. So David then sent a note with him, sealed, for 
the eyes of David's general only, Joab. And in that note, he instructed Joab to place Uriah, the husband of Bathsheba, into the forefront of the battle and then withdraw the forces from him so that he would be exposed to the enemy and would likely be killed in battle. And that was exactly what happened. And then David took his wife, Uriah's wife, as his own wife. And in his mind's eye, he might have thought he had worked it out. He had covered up his sin. But you see, every sin is ultimately against God. God knew exactly what had happened. God knew exactly every moment of the development of David's lust and then the physical sin. And all of the conception in his mind of how to try to cover it up and ultimately have Bathsheba's husband killed in battle. We must watch. We must watch out. We must not make the mistake that David made. See, his first mistake when he saw the woman bathing, exposed in the open, across the way, was David lingered as he watched. He did not turn his head. One preacher wrote of a faithful, dedicated Christian who said, I used to have swimming parties at my house, but I stopped when I took time to observe how the men were looking at the woman, at the women. I wanted no part in this. The article told of another Christian man who said, until a few years ago, I simply was not convinced there could be anything wrong with public swimming together between men and women, boys and girls. What changed his mind? He and his wife went with another couple to the lake. When he saw his friend's wife in her bathing suit, he found himself having impure thoughts, impure thoughts that he had never had about her before when she was properly clothed. He spent the rest of the afternoon with his back turned toward her to avoid the evil thoughts. He said he told himself over and over, this is what preachers have been trying to tell me, and I did not believe them. David needed to turn his head. I have heard of young girls, teenage girls, talk about how they would try to explain away their responsibility in putting themselves in those kinds of situations with boys present. And it doesn't have to be at a swimming pool or a lake or a pond. It can be just walking down the street. But they're dressed in scanty attire. They're, too much of them is exposed. They're, weighing, they're, they're wearing short shorts and sometimes as short as they can get them. They're wearing tight-fitting tank tops or t-shirts leaving not much to the imagination, tight-fitting jeans, and the list could go on and on. And then when someone says, you know, you're exposing yourself too much, you're putting yourself, you're tempting those young boys who see you, and they respond, well, they've just got dirty minds. Well, let me tell you, Jesus has said that if someone lusts after somebody else in their heart, they've already committed adultery with that person. But we're also told that we need to be careful as to how we might present temptation to people around us 
Because if we, especially if we do it intentionally, calling attention to our body in an improper way, we could be as we could be as guilty of the sin as the person then who sees that and intended to be to call his attention to us in that way, we could be just as guilty as the person who develops the lust in his heart after seeing the scantily dressed woman. Or, and let me emphasize again, men are not immune to this in the way they dress. They need to keep themselves covered up properly because showing off their body, and don't tell me that they don't try to do that, can cause girls and women to lust after them as well. The second thing that we need to do is we need to keep occupied in wholesome activities. If David had been where he probably should have been, he would not have been taking that walk on his rooftop that evening. He would not have had the opportunity to look out across the way and see Bathsheba exposed in the night. An idle mind is the devil's workshop, it has been said. David could probably have testified for that to some degree or another. If he had been on the battlefield, then he would not have been there on the palace roof. He would not have seen the naked woman across the way. You see, when we are occupied with a task that is wholesome, that is righteous, then a moving target is harder for the devil to hit than one standing still. Bathsheba bathed where David could see her, 2 Samuel chapter 11, verses 2 and 3. The Bible does not indicate whether or not Bathsheba purposely washed in public view. Maybe she was just naive, but she should not have been that naive. At least she was careless about exposing herself in that setting. And at most, she knew that somebody could be watching from afar. And yet she put herself in that position anyway. You see, she bore responsibility along with David. Christians must not dress immodestly or act in improperly flirtatious ways. Some women display themselves in a calculated effort to seduce the opposite sex. We think about what Paul wrote in Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 19. Ephesians 4 and verse 19. And here Paul wrote, who being past feeling have given themselves over to lewdness to work all uncleanness with greediness. Again, I've emphasized that many of the women's fashions today, and to some degree men's fashions as well, they're designed purposely to draw attention to the person's body by the opposite sex. Purposely designed that way. And those who would deliberately dress to excite lust are as guilty as those who lust. Now, other girls are only naive or careless in their attire and actions, but the end result is the same. Some might say, well, that that wasn't my intention. But if that's the result, wittingly or unwittingly, because of the way you dressed, 
then you still have a responsibility toward the sin. Some might, someone might say, well, what he thinks is his problem. Or as I said, I've heard, well, he's just got a dirty mind. But that's not the attitude of a Christian. Jesus said, whoso shall offend one of these little ones which believe in me, it were better for him that a millstone were hanged about his neck and that he were drowned in the depth of the sea. Matthew 18 and verse 6. You see, dressing in a provocative way is sinful, whether you mean for it to be or not. It's not just the act of the lust formed in the heart of the person looking on, but it is the action of the one dressed in the way that initiates that lust in an improper way. Now, some people will lust over anything. They don't have to be looking upon some kind of provocative dress, but we're talking about the dress that is designed to provoke that's wrong. Just as wrong as the one then who responds to it in a sinful reaction. Let's pray together. Father, please help us to be on guard against sexual sin and temptation. Help us to be alert always. Help us to turn our heads away from the temptation and to not give in to it, to not linger over it. Help us, Father, to not be taken in by it. Help us to be involved in wholesome, righteous, and godly pursuits, to keep our focus on serving you and being your followers, the followers that you would have us to be. Help us, Father, to look forward to a good, wholesome, righteous marriage relationship through which you have designed that our sexual needs can and will be rightly fulfilled. All glory and honor and praise to you and guide us to always live to your glory, Father. Please forgive us. Please forgive us, gracious Father, and hear our prayer. In Christ's name, amen.